Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of Apologetically Me. I'm Maggie. I'm Wanda. And we're here to myth bust some relationship myths. Uh, we've heard some common things going around, and we want to clear up the truth here, right on the podcast, with your two not-so-big experts, but still, we want to be experts. But before we get started, Wanda, tell the people what you got going on. Okay. So I guess I will split my update kind of into a beef and kind of into an update because that way I don't have to think of anything else. Okay, so update, uh, more of a question for the listeners. When you go to the bathroom um, and you're sitting down on a toilet, where do you keep your pants? What? You... Um, like if when you sit down on a toilet and you take off your pants, at what state, like at what point do you stop taking them off? Like where do they rest as you're going to the bathroom? Am I at home or in public? Uh, does the answer change depending on, okay, yeah, yeah, both. Like where would they be in both scenarios? At home? I don't know. I've, if it's like, a long bathroom then i'm just gonna like let it all fall to the ground like for comfort. okay but if i'm in public then like don't touch the ground yeah i think i i agree with that um i don't know if it's different maybe for guys than it is for girls because i i personally just never let it touch the ground it makes me uncomfortable when my pants are that far away from me i don't know why but going to the bathroom is a very vulnerable thing and i don't want to be away from my pants for that long because a lot of the stalls in North America have like a giant gap underneath where you can look at people's feet right so I don't want anyone to ever look underneath and see my underwear or my pants or my bare legs like that just seems very unfortunate anyways the whole point of this was so Jordan uh, apparently at home likes to just put it all down like pants to ankles um going to the bathroom and i was like huh like i don't do that and i was like do you do that in public too and he's like yes i do do that in public if i'm on the toilet not at a urinal only on the toilet and i'm like that's so weird though like what if like when people look underneath and like see your pants around your ankles like what if your coworker sees that and it's just like it's just so intimate I, like i i don't know like it feels uncomfortable for me i guess and then he was like, well, maybe you should ask other people this question. I think it's hilarious that you have to specify not at the urinal. urinal. <laughs> Imagine someone I, he was specified. like... specified. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Why does he want his pants to touch the ground? I don't know. He Apparently, it's like maximum comfort. He can spread his legs as far as he wants. Like, yeah. it's just like enjoyable. Um, to the urinal comment, I actually do – there was a rumor going around uh, at workplace I used to work at, and there was a manager who apparently would pull his pants down when he got to a urinal, and he would wear white tidy whiteies. Um, I don't know if it was true because I never went into the male like, bathroom and uh, took a look, but that was the rumor that was going around. Weird rumor, but – yeah, um, I don't know anything about male bathroom etiquette, but to me, it sounds like one, you shouldn't do that, I guess, and two, maybe don't spread rumors about people's underwear. 
Because even if you saw it, like, you're going to keep it to yourself. You're not going to be like, oh, my God, my manager has white, tidy whiteies. Yeah, I guess it was just the talk of the town. Nothing really went on during that job. So I guess anything and everything was news. Anyways, what's your update for this week? Um, well, because we released this episode kind of like a week later, this week we've had a big snowstorm. Um, my boyfriend stayed over Sunday night and he, we were looking at the weather and he was like, hmm, it says it's going to snow about 20 centimeters. Do you think I should go home? And I was like, well, up to you. I personally don't love driving in the snow, but you seem to be okay with it. So I'll leave it to you. And he was like, eh, it should be okay. I'll leave in the morning. The morning comes. We try to step out at 9 a.m. ish, 10 a.m. ish. And the snow went almost up to my kneecaps. And it was crazy high. He was completely blocked in. Um, my mom saw us leaving through the front door through the camera. And she called me and she was like, no, 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 Nick cannot leave. I had to get six people to help push me get out of the driveway today. And my mom drives like a SUV. Um, and it was just like that bad. They didn't get around to the streets until sometime after 1 a.m. Um, yeah, we were checking like all night long because Nick was like, I have to take a day off work now. Uh, I have nothing to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so guys, this is a, a PSA. Check. Check for snowfall. If it's snowing, go home. This is one of the funniest things I've heard in a while. Um, you did check the weather, but the both check. of you were like, it's okay. It's fine. This is fine. Even though it was severe snowfall warning and it said up to like 60 centimeters of snow expected in some places. And both of you were like, you know what? This should be fine. Um, I saw the Snapchat in the morning when they went outside. I laughed. I told Jordan. Jordan said, why didn't they check the weather? I said, I think they did. Um, it was just fun all around for me because <laughs> I thought it was amazing and so funny. Yeah, this is classic Nick and Maggie story. Um, Very much so. <laughs> so who's your beef or crush of the week? So my beef of the week, also my second update, is Doug Ford. Doug Ford, for those of you who don't know, is the premier of Ontario. And in a epically failed PR stunt, he got in his car yesterday uh, during this major snowfall and was helping, quote unquote, people get home who had been stranded um, with a tiny shovel. <laughs> um and I say it's a failed PR stunt because, uh, for one, he was FaceTiming with news reporters while he was driving, which in Ontario, this is called distracted driving, and you could get your car impounded for doing this. Um, so he did that for number one. And then from this, there was just so many memes that came out of it of like historical moments in Canada, Doug Ford with a tiny shovel, um comparisons to the i think it was called like that giant shift that got stuck in the suez canal the evergreen or something where there was like a plow and it was trying to like plow it out of like anyways there's a nice meme i'll put i'll put right here right somewhere um making the same comparison with doug ford and his tiny shovel 
Today, the Peel, uh, which is like the Mississauga area region, paramedics union tweeted out, hey, like in a major snowstorm, do not drive if you don't need to and do not distract, like do not drive distracted if you do have to drive somewhere. And it basically added Doug Ford and was like, hey, don't do this again. Let us do our jobs properly. Damn. So... Everyone is shitting on Doug Ford. Everyone says this was a failed PR stunt. Um, and it's great. I love it. Especially because this is election year. Um, I'm loving all the roasts that he is getting. So, Maggie, what is your beef or crush of the week? My crush of the week is my boyfriend for putting up the TV in my room. I The TV has been sitting here in my office for the past two years now, two, three years um i have not known what to do with it i just figured it was a dead tv but then my brother was like hey you should put the tv up in your computer room here it'd be super ergonomic you can sit on the couch in the back um and just like watch tv but then i was like wait why would i want to sit on a couch like i could be in bed watching tv so uh i originally was gonna wait for my brother to do it because he said he would but then nick came over and he was like oh yeah i can easily put this up for you and i was like what what do you mean? You know how to work tools and stuff? So I helped him find the right tools. He kept asking me for some certain things. And I was like, I don't know anything you're saying right now. Describe the shape to me. Or even better, I will guide you to my toolbox and you look around. So after a few hours, he has mounted my TV and I have a Chromecast and it has been great. Um, I feel like having a TV in your room is bad for your sleep though. Uh, we will see. <laughs> So far, it's great. I love TVs at the foot of the bed. That is my happy place, honestly. Um, not to flame Jordan even further in this podcast, but I did ask Jordan to help me put up a TV, like a wall mount for my TV. And he was like, yeah, but like, I don't want to like break anything in your house. And like, that is a fair thing to say. But now that because Nick has done it, I can ask Jordan again and be like, well, like Nick didn't do anything. So I'm sure you'll be fine. But hearing the story that uh, from yesterday, I also saw this thing on Reddit that was like, um, someone helping someone put up a TV and they were holding towels up to the wall and the place was like flooded with water because <gasps> I guess they accidentally hit a pipe. And I thought that was very ironic and very funny. Ugh. Nick did not hit a pipe. Nick did no. a good job. Yes. Um, he has experience mounting TVs, so that's great. But he did make me call my mom to ask that it's okay to put holes in my wall. And I was like, why wouldn't it be okay? It's my room. And he was like, well, in case we damage anything, it's good that, you know, she 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 knows. Yeah, but like knowing your mom, she'll just renovate it once you ever if you ever leave the house and... No one will ever know anyways. Exactly. But uh, we did have like an old stud finder and she went out to buy a new one. was like, I don't want to take any risks here if you like mess up and don't get the stud. Did you do the joke where it's like you take the stud finder and you're like beep, 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 beep and like pointed at Nick and was like, I found a stud right here. Uh, well, I said, where's the stud? And then he said, right here. So he made that joke himself. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make the joke when you have a stud finder. <laughs> now I got two. Now I'm the stud too. Double stud. Haha. Nice. Good, good beef. Good crush. 
Okay, moving on to our topic, myth-busting the relationships. Um, so I think this came about when my friend Gabby, shout out, had asked us an interesting question that I shared with everyone. Not that there's a right or wrong answer to this, but this is, do you think there's a, okay, we'll, we'll leave this up. We'll discuss this as we go along. But this is what Wanda and I think. Um, we're by no means experts in this. But I like to think that we're both in healthy relationships. I have been in a relationship for only not even a year yet. Are you two and a half years? Three? Almost three years? Almost three. Three in May. So Um, combined, we're almost four. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. Um, Okay. So the first thing we're going to myth bust. Okay. Relationships will only work if the guy loves the girl more. What do you think about this? You can't set it up as like myth busting, but also say that there's no right answer. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that afterwards. Okay, there's a right answer. We are the right answer. <laughs> Everyone else is wrong. Um, I this one, Meg. This was actually the exact question that Gabby had asked. Uh, Maggie sent to everyone. I hope with permission, and it wasn't just like <laughs> I'm gonna Maggie roast you. Every- yeah. <laughs> Um, so I don't think this is necessarily the case. I, in an ideal situation is that both of you would love each other more at different periods of time. So like there are cases where like I will love the other person more and that there are cases they will love me more and it's good as it switches like on and off. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh, only one person can love the other person more at a period of time, but it's more so as long as the disparity is not that large, then it's like, it's okay. Like if you're holding someone up to a pedestal, I think that is when it becomes problematic because you're no longer actually being in a relationship. It's more so you worshiping this person. Um, And I think it's, it is okay if the guy loves the girl more in the relationship, as long as the disparity is not that high. But it is not a requirement for the guy to love the girl more. And it's okay if you love each other equally or if the girl loves the guy more. That's my take. What's yours? That's interesting. Um, initially, when I had read this question, I thought it was kind of misogynistic in a way. Like, almost anti-feminist because it's saying that, oh, it'll only work if the guy puts in the effort, he'll he'll make it work. Like, he's so macho and everything, and the girl's supposed to be, like, it's feeding into the stereotype that, like, girls are submissive and they're not supposed to show affection and that kind of thing. Um, and I personally did not like that because I don't think there's anything wrong with girls showing more affection or what's, or, like, I don't know, however, which way it works. But I think it's a bad mentality to go into a relationship trying to be like, oh, I will only date him if he likes me more. And then it's like, do you even like him at all then? Like, are you doing this for your own vanity or do you genuinely like them? So I think it's good to, yeah, I think you brought up a really good point that it's okay if one person likes the other one more for a little bit, but then at some point you gotta, you gotta equally like each other. Or how can you really measure how someone loves each each other more, right? Like, you you don't know how you're going to measure that. But either way, don't go into it thinking he has to love me more. Um. So I think this is where, like, love language comes back into play because it's 
yes, it is very difficult to measure like who loves who more because it's not like a scale of like one to five. It's more complicated than that. And like other people show affection and love in different ways. So just because they're not buying you flowers every single day, it does not mean they love you any less than someone who does buy you flowers every single day. Um, this I was this person like I was this girl who was like, I can only be in a relationship if I know I always have the upper hand which is not a good thing to go into a relationship with because I was always like, well, they're not going to break up with me as long as I have the upper hand of the relationship. I know they love me more. So if I need to like cut loose this relationship, like I know I'm going to be the one to do it. I think it's, it was also like a thing to like not get hurt. Like it was like a wall that I had up that if I knew the guy loved me more, I know I wouldn't get hurt in that relationship. I, I have since changed. <laughs> we love growth. Yeah. Um, I think it's um, a very common like myth because I asked my mom this too and she agrees that relationships can only work if the guy likes you more. Um, to which I think, no, my mom is wrong. Even though she's been married for 25 something years. And look how it turned out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) JK, JK mom. Um, But yeah, I I remember reading somewhere that Channing Tatum and his ex-wife had asked each other every day, like on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love me? And they'd be, they'd answer honestly, like, I love you at an eight today. I love you at a nine today. And imagine you're going through divorce and it just keeps going lower and lower. I love you at a three. I love you at a two. Or you feel a little insecure that you... Maybe that's what it is, too. It's, like, all insecurity that you're, like, oh, I don't want to, like, show emotion that I like the other person more. I've got to gotta hide it. But I think, like, relationship doesn't work if you're not going to be vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's very true. Anyways, the next one, the next – this doesn't actually have to necessarily be a myth, but uh, for us uh, – well, for me personally, it is – The cuddling to go to sleep thing that we often see in movies that is so, so romantic. Maggie, how do you feel about this? Um, I personally like the idea of this because, yeah, you're right. It's from all the movies that I'm like, oh, yeah, we should cuddle to sleep. Um, Originally, we do start off cuddling, but then quickly within five minutes, we're like, no, I I gotta leave. I was telling Wanda that usually it's Nick who pulls away because he says, I'm a furnace at night. And he, I think I was cuddling him and then I was still awake too. And he was like, no. And he's like pulling his arm away from under me. He's like, I, I gotta go. I'm sorry. And he just moved to his side of the bed. Um, so maybe starting off is okay. But if you're gonna have a quality sleep, I think you both cannot be touching each other. And you kind of need your own space. Yes, I very much agree with this. I I have heard that for some people that they do like cuddling and going to sleep that way and they're okay with like touching the entire night. I'm not that type of person. I like this. I don't even like really cuddling before going to sleep. Like we ha- we both have like our like nighttime routines, which is usually like browse Reddit, uh, read like an ebook or something before going to sleep separate, like in very much apart. So <laughs> I like big beds because it means a lot of space that I can move around in. Um, I cannot like the bed that is behind me here for 
sorry, audio listeners, but the bed that is behind me here is way too small for two people. That is never going to happen. Um, I need my space while I sleep. I don't know why, but touching another person just make, gives me anxiety and makes it such that I cannot sleep. This is fair. I guess the- Have that conversation. The... Sorry, have, go have ahead. Have conversation? No, have that conversation with your partner. Determine what kind of sleep type sleep type you are and then talk about it. Uh, yeah, I guess have that conversation, but also like, it's okay to experiment. Like, try try cuddling, try not cuddling. I think it's okay like in the middle of the night or something because I get up to go to the bathroom a lot and then it kind of wakes him up too and then he's like, oh, I'm awake. And then he like turns over and tries to hug me and then I end Aww. up pulling away because I'm like, you're too you're too warm oh um, that's so nice yeah it is nice but yeah at the end of the day you need our space because i do run very warm i sleep with a fan on nice myth busted but yeah also, well like, i mean there's no right or wrong answer for this one <laughs> this one there is actually no right or wrong answer it really depends on really depends on the couple if you are big cuddlers i'm glad you found each other this is just the whole like similarities versus like differences thing. It's like if one of you is like a big cuddler and the other is not, well, you're going to have to find some kind of compromise. Do you get like sleep and separation anxiety like when you're apart from Jordan after one night after being with him for like a long time? Like, oh man, I miss him. Wish he was yeah. up in my bed. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, Even though you don't cuddle, you still get that. Yeah, like I like the like I like knowing that he's there. Like I like knowing that his presence is there that like if I did need him for something, like he is right there. Although I do have to say um I do tend to sleep better when I'm at home by myself. Um I don't know why I wake up a lot less at night to go to the bathroom. I also don't really have like an alarm that is set before 12 o'clock for most days. And he has like work in the morning. So like his alarm usually wakes me up too. Um, so I fall asleep easier when he's here. Um, but I don't know if my quality of sleep is better when he's here. Yeah, I, I empathize with that. I think after our trip, I would wait. I woke up like the first night and was like, whoa, where's Nick? Why is my bed so empty? Aw, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, but I see what you mean. I also, I think my, yeah, my quality of sleep is better. I think it's just something you get used to, though, because it's like you've spent so much of your life just sleeping alone in your bed that you're like, ah, this is nice. what my body is most comfortable to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember... I wasn't an article, but I think it was just from TV shows where some couples were like, oh, yeah, having twin beds or like having separate beds has saved our marriage. We don't have to like touch each other and stuff while we sleep. I have this weird like thing in my head that like um, my thing is that if you sleep in separate rooms, you are itching for a divorce. If you sleep in separate beds, you are itching for a divorce. If you sleep with separate <laughs> duvets, um, not for like, oh, because one duvet is like too small or anything just like it's a big enough duvet but you use separate like duvets you're itching for a divorce and i know that this is so bad but like 
I don't know why, like, I always think that. Like, I don't, like, it's just always in the back of my head. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to break up because you use the separate duvet or you want to sleep in a separate bed. But now it's like every single time that his alarm goes off in the morning, I'm like, wow, I wish I was in another room and couldn't hear this right now. <laughs> That's oh. funny. Times um, are a changing. <laughs> I see the separate rooms one. Separate beds one I can see too. Separate duvets, I don't know. I know people who do sleep with separate duvets, but we will see how long their relationship lasts. Yeah, I'm a duvet stealer. I'm a blanket stealer apparently, so so is he. Um oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like this 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 one might have to change, but um like, I get it. I do get, like, I, I get the whole, like, sleeping in separate beds thing. It makes sense. I get the whole, like, sometimes sleeping in different rooms thing also makes sense. But, like, oh, maybe childhood trauma. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Nothing bad. <laughs> you just said trauma. <laughs> Nothing bad, though. <laughs> um, okay, third myth, or sort of myth. Yeah. Um. Girl should play hard to get or else the guy will look elsewhere. What are your thoughts on this? Blah. Dumb. Um, I get it. Like, it's what all rom-coms have taught us. That the girl needs to play hard to get. Can't show too much affection from the beginning. Um, but once again, I think it's kind of reinforcing bad stereotypes for everyone. Like, for the girls, it's like, you need to be submissive. Like, you need to, um, you can't show too much attention. You can't, like, let him know that you like him or anything. Be mysterious. Be coy. Uh, and then the guy has to put in all the work kind of thing. Like, guy gets to dictate the relationship. Guy gets to control you. And it kind of makes consent blurry there. Like, if the girl is playing hard to get and she's saying, oh, no, I don't want to, but then she gets mad if you don't do it and the guy is, like, getting mixed signals and he's like, do I go for it? No, yes. You're saying no, but I think he means yes. Um, so I personally don't like that. I I know there's mind games to it at the beginning. I know there's flirting and stuff. But all in all, I think when you're in a relationship, you cannot play hard to get if you are dating. I think there's, like, a little merit in maybe, like, trying to keep it exciting or whatever, but, like, nothing in the sense of, like, playing, like, I don't know, playing with emotions kind of thing. And, like, I think you are right. In, like, cases like this, it ends up just being the girl probably likes the guy way more than the guy likes the girl. So the girl's trying to play hard to get because, I don't know, the guy is not showing her the affection that she wants maybe or I, I don't know this one's like like I, I don't even know what to say about it because it's like you should not I think you should keep like do things to keep like the excitement alive but I don't think you should be playing hard to get actively manipulating someone else yeah I will say that in the past, when I would just, like, casually date people, that I would try to play hard to get kind of thing, you know, like, wait for the text messages to come in and then wait, like, the exact amount of time that they took to reply to me. Like, if they took two hours, then I will take three hours to reply. Like, that kind of thing. Um, but with Nick, I think I was very straightforward. I just replied instantly. Um, I asked him out first. 
that kind of thing. And I think it worked out for us in the end. Um, I'm pretty sure that I told you that it was okay to ask him out again or for like it was okay for you to make the move because you felt very unsure about the, like why like why he didn't make the move or like why he didn't ask you like to like make plans for another day and you felt like you were always the one doing it so I told you and in my advice that it was okay to be the one that initiates yes I stole this from Wanda Wanda was not involved at all <laughs> I did everything no JK JK yeah I think yeah I think Having good support system too. Wanda was there to push me every step of the way to make sure that I was uncomfortable being comfortable. Um, so thank you, Wanda. Um, yeah, definitely nerve wracking. I can definitely see why guys are scared to do this because as a girl, I didn't feel great doing it. But also I know Nick's schedule now and it was because I was up at 8 a.m. working and Nick doesn't wake up till 10 a.m. And I was like, what the hell, it's 8 a.m. Where's my message from him? So this all makes sense. And he goes to bed at like 1 a.m. And I was up at like 3 a.m. And I was like, where is my message? I get very yeah. good sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the outcome from like that story. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Nice. Okay, next topic. Make the guy work for sex or else he'll get bored. Using sex as a bargaining chip. Is that supposed to be one thing or two things? So I split them up into two different things because I think they're kind of different, but they're very related in that sense. Hmm. So I think it's like the one, the first part is that if there's always like this theory that if you give a guy, like if you have sex multiple times a week, like that's, that's too much. Like he'll think that it's boring. Like he'll like look for like needs elsewhere and stuff like he'll like you'll be worn out i guess is the way that i would put that like that's not what i think but i'm just saying that like this is what I, this kind of myth came about um so a lot of people um our slash female dating strategy uh tend to say that you should withhold sex from like guys like at a maximum you should only have like sex one to two times a week any more than that is like uh too much like he's going back to the previous thing he is not working for it he's not working hard enough for it kind of thing and that he'll get bored this is completely wrong you should have um as much sex as you want as a female um you should have much as much sex as you want as a male like they're really is no limitation it's whatever works for you as a couple and the second part using sex as a bargaining chip is that like i've found like a lot of people a lot of females tend to do this where they have a lower sex drive than their partner so they'll say well if you clean this then we can have sex or if you clean this then i can like give you a blowjob or something like it's very much um using sex as the bargaining chip for things because it's like oh like you do something that you don't want to do so then I will do something that I don't want to do kind of thing and like a lot of this it, it rests in sexual incompatibility and apparently after money issues that is the number two reason that people get divorced but people don't think that it's that big of an issue 
for some reason. Like most people are like, well, like we're fine everywhere else. Like everywhere else, we're okay. Um, we're like we're so compatible. Well, except for this one thing where I have a high sex drive and she doesn't. And then they grow resentment towards their partner because this is something that's very difficult to change and yada, 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 yada. Um, TLDR, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. And I think, again, I blame rom-coms for that because you see this so much. The girl pretends or just says that she doesn't like, like sex or she doesn't want to have sex with him. And then it's kind of like feeding again into this weird stereotype where girls aren't supposed to like sex as much as guys or girls don't want it as much as guys, that guys are just hornier than girls. It's like girls like sex as much as guys do. Um, and th like there's a weird like power, what is it called? Power mm, instability, power inequality. In the relationship if the girl holds the power in her hand to be like i can make him do anything i want i can use sex to control him it's i think it's like also come because of like our society like similar like this is very similar to like dating apps where like females hold all the power like if you're swiping as a female you're gonna get like a million matches but if you're swiping as a male like unless you're very attractive you're not likely to get many so because of like this dynamic that has been like established through years and years of like uh, females like holding the key to I guess sex now it has become that like oh they're the gatekeepers so they can decide when and where like sex will kind of thing and also like in some ways it is like misogynistic and then but in other ways it's also kind of like unfair to guys as well um yeah unfair to both genders like this, this doesn't help anyone <laughs> I mean, not both genders, all genders. Yes. Um, yeah, that'd be tough. Imagine like a person was just starting off dating and they were like, I'm going to withhold sex. I want to have sex so bad, but I'm going to withhold it. And the guy wants it too. And then both people are just like, I want to have sex, but I got to be cool. Oh, yeah. You can't be afraid to not be cool. You, you got to oh. know that you're going to be not cool in a relationship. Yeah, so you're talking about the entire Mormon religion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, how do you feel about the guy paying for everything? Oh, there's two wolves inside me. One wolf loves this. The second wolf is a feminist and says no. I mean, okay, all in all so far, all these relationship myths sound like it sucks to be the guy. Um, I think it's dumb to make the guy pay for everything because eventually isn't the goal to like settle down with this person i mean long-term objective like you want to settle down with someone how can you settle down with someone if you're eating into his pockets every time and he's so poor because he's he has no money because of your dates yes sorry i'm freaking out because yes i agree with this and like i feel like it's very presumptuous of me to believe this that like when you start dating and after a while, like, it's not just his money that, like, is paying for all the dates. It's kind of both of your money in yeah. a way for the dates. Like, even, like, before you combine, like, any kind of, like, income or share a bank account of any sort. But, like, if you are draining this man early on, like, he, like he's not going to have anything later on because you're draining his savings. So it is not – he is – paying for everything you are just 
front-loading all the money that you could have had together and sucking him dry. Unless that is the intent, then, and you don't want anything long-term with this person, then that, not okay, but like, at least you know what you're getting yourself into. I think the gesture is really nice. Like, if they offer to pay for it, that's already sweet on its own. But, you know, make it... Unfortunately, we have to be girl bosses here. I see that as a meme. I, I hate the term girl boss. But unfortunately, we have to try to have equal footing. And girls got to pay for stuff sometimes, too. Um, I think it should be kind of like 50-50 in a relationship. Like, if you want to do something, then sure, pay for it. But I think... You shouldn't expect one person to pay for everything all the time, even if they make more money. Well, what do you think about this one? If they happen to make more money than you, do you expect them to pay more? Yes. So how, well, like Jordan makes significantly more money than I do currently, as I am a broke-ass student who is living on handouts. No, I'm kidding. But I am, I makes, he makes significantly more money than I do. So it's like, I still do pay, but I do pay at a smaller percentage that he does than he does so it'd be like 60 40 or like it'd still be like kind of fair but in the sense of like he does pay slightly more at times because he does make like a little bit more now but when um so in the instances that i did uh make more than him or like i did have like a job that was paying me like a good amount like we were mostly 50 50 then I retract my statement. I agree with what you said. When you put it like that, yeah. When you literally do not have a proper income <laughs> coming in, there's no way you can play 50-50. Um, but maybe it's a good thing to discuss that before even, like, paying for stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's good to have that conversation about money. Just decide, like, who's gonna who's gonna pay for it. Or, like, go Dutch. See if, like, you guys can pay for your own things. Yeah. Um, or number one thing that leads to divorce, money issues. Yeah. So be open. What about like, money. what about like on a first date? Like how, who do you think, is there like an expectation of who pays on the first date? I think it's whoever asks the person out, but it's okay. So it's whoever asked the person out to the date, but also I think it's nice if the guy pays first. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. Hashtag I know it, like, not girl boss. <laughs> I know it went backwards to everything I said, but it's like a nice gesture if he pays first. But that means if there's a second date, then honey, you've got a storm coming. You gotta you gotta pay. I think I think that, that is fair. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I that's I think that's fair. If he pays for the first one, uh you pay for the second one. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think the first time I bought Nick something was when we were at like a Tim Hortons drive-thru and I bought him a tea and he was so appreciative. He was like, oh my God, no one has ever done this for me before. Thank you so much. And he just kept thanking me and I was like, holy crap, it's a $2 tea. This poor man. This poor man has been so abused. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's hard because it's like, well, like it's hard. Like, I can't even think about going on dates. Like, I think it's just so like... I've never, like, it's been so long that I've been on, like, a proper, like, first date kind of thing. Where it's, like, I did not really know that person before. Like, we met, like, at, like I don't know. Like, that, like, the concept is so foreign to me. So I, ne I hope I never have to do it. But I 
do think that I would be kind of the same way where it's like it would be nice if they did offer to pay on the first date, especially if the date is really bad. Actually, no, if the date is really bad, I won't even give them the satisfaction of like paying. I will go Dutch on it. We will each pay for our own meals because I'm not paying for your meal and I don't want you to ever talk to me again. So I'm going to like I'm going to pay for my meal. I've paid before on a bad date. No, that that is not happening. I'm never going to pay for a bad date. I'm never going to let them pay for a bad date either. So it feels like I owe them something either. So if it's a good date, I will maybe let them pay and then pay for the second date because I know there's a second date coming. But then if it's a bad date, then we go Dutch. Nice. Add all the guys. If I ever date in the future, um, take it. Take this as a sign. At Jordan, just know that you and Wanda will have your first date again soon. You will be paying. <laughs> um, what about the honeymoon stage? So do you think this only can last a couple of months at the beginning of the relationship? No, I think that is silly. And I know that I had asked you about this too when I had first started dating. I had asked you how long does the honeymoon stage last? And you said something very wise to me. You said... Well, realistically, it should never end if you're in a good relationship. It should kind of be, like, maintained throughout the relationship. Um, But I think it's important to note that you're not always going to have highs. Like, you're not always going to have, like, sparks and, like, be lovey-dovey, that kind of thing. Like, you kind of get used to, like, the day-to-day kind of thing. But there should never come a point where you're, like, "Uh, the old ball and chain. Or, like, I hate spending time with my boyfriend or girlfriend. Or, like, that kind of thing. Like, you should still always be quite in love with each other. Or, like, quite... Like, you like being around them. Like, you want to be around them kind of thing. Like, aspects of the honeymoon stage should always be there in your relationship. You took everything I was going to say anyways, so... (laughs) Nice. I am the Lorax. I speak for the both of us. (laughs) Yes. I mean, you kind of you took what I said to you mm-hmm. and you said yeah. it too. I thought it was oh, good. I'm so wise. Yeah, I actually <laughs> did discuss this with Nick too. I think the other night. Because I think at the very beginning of a relationship I asked him like, "Hey, how long does the honeymoon stage last?" And he said, "It lasts for quite a long time, I think." And he never even like gave me a straight up answer. And then last night I was like, "I don't think it ever really ends, does it?" And he said, "No, I guess not. If you're in a good relationship, I guess it shouldn't end." Um, I think there is a part of a honeymoon stage that does kind of end. It's the one where you don't sleep that much, where you just love spending time with each other. So you sacrifice maybe sleep in some instances. So you are very sleep deprived at the beginning of the relationship. And most people, I think, would consider that maybe the honeymoon stage. Yeah, I I agree. That was a rough time. (laughs) I remember talking to you about it and I was in complete denial and I was like, this is great. I'm having so much fun. I'm sleeping like two hours a day. This is great. But now we both sleep great. I think we both slept for like six hours, seven hours. That's great. That's like my usual sleep. So terrible. I I can't like I can't even function on six hours of sleep. And you're like, yeah, my usual sleep, six hours. I'm so happy with this. And I'm six hours are great actually when i'm with nick i tend to sleep more i saw this thing that like when you're with your significant other you get sleepier and you tend to sleep a little bit more 
You don't? Oh, man. I no, think I sleep exact opposite. Damn, I sleep hey. all the time. Also, Jordan's the exact opposite, mostly because I wake up before he does on weekends. And if I'm not around, he sometimes doesn't get up until 1 o'clock. So both of us, less, less sleep together. <laughs> nice. I will stay in bed until yeah. he wakes up. I just stay in bed anyway. <laughs> I respect that. Um, so this one is a good relationship doesn't require work. A good relationship should just happen naturally. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, actually, I think yes and no. I think I don't think it should be that difficult. Like I don't like you shouldn't have so much drama every single day and you shouldn't have like a million problems every single day that you're trying to solve. But I do think it does it's like a mix of both. Like it should happen kind of naturally. Like you should have good chemistry. You should have like same values and personalities kind of thing. But also like you can't drop everything when a fight happens. Like you can't break up immediately when you come to a disagreement. So it will take work. It will take a lot of communication and problem solving skills that you have developed from group projects. Um, so I think I think it's a mix of both. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, it should. Yes, certain things in the relationship should be easy. Should, like you should not be fighting tooth and nail for certain things, um, just to like make the relationship work or like um, letting go parts of yourself to try to make the relationship work. But I also think that relationships, even good ones, are very very hard work and do require you to actively work on like almost every single day like relationships even good ones will get tough you will have to face things together and there will always be like disagreement or crisis or whatever that happens in a relationship and like a true good relationship is that you will work on things together and constantly want the other person wants what's best for the other person and want what's best for your relationship yeah i like that yeah i think um because you, you see on TikTok kind of like the younger people, like every time they get in a disagreement or kind of thing, it's kind of a meme, but people are always saying like, dump him, honey, like you deserve the best. Like he should be bringing you up every single day. Like he should be showering you with compliments every single second. Um, that's not realistic. Um, and you shouldn't dump someone when the first sign of trouble comes. Talk it over. But also... Uh, look out for yourself. Look out for red flags and stuff. If the first sign of trouble is that he's like horrible to you and an abuser, then like, gotta leave. Yeah, it really, like, it really depends. Like, like everyone has bad days. Um, a relationship can also have a bad day. But yeah, if someone hits you, uh, that is not uh something you can work through. That yeah. is uh out the door. Yeah. Okay. Now, last one. If you're in a happy relationship, you will not find other people attractive. What do you think? I don't think this is true because I think we are social animals. I think we're always going to find other people attractive. It doesn't matter like how great you are in your relationship. Like you can see someone and be like, wow, that person's attractive. But as long as you don't do anything like outside of thinking that they're attractive, like you don't pursue anything, I like it's completely okay. I agree with you. 
on everything you said. Okay, thank you. That is <laughs> what a <laughs> that was super insightful. Oh, I'm so I glad you know. said that. Nice. You've really added to the uh, overall content <laughs> of this podcast by adding that. Um, so yeah, those are our relationship busting myths, I guess. Was there anything that we may have missed? Is there anything that you disagree on? Let us know. Um, thanks for tuning in. Go follow us on social media, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And join us next Thursday, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Bye. Bye.